As you came in this morning, you probably noticed that the property looks awesome. If you didn't notice, the property looks awesome. Uh, <laughs> thank you to all those that came yesterday morning to help us uh, do some fall sprucing up around here. Um, uh, whenever we uh, participate in cleaning up the property, we are participating in God's redemptive purposes right here in Lee's Summit for our community. Because we are blessed to steward Chipman Commons, everything we do sends a testimony out to the community. And so when we spruce it up, when we paint it, when we plant seed like we did yesterday, bring in mums, everything is a way to tell the community there's new life here. And the way that we treat our business partners and the way that we allow economic growth through our business partners is a way to tell the gospel story through our commerce and the way that we use our property. So thank you for coming. We'll have a spring cleanup. And for those that weren't uh, able to come for the fall one, don't miss out on the spring one. Get dirt in your fingernails. It is good. It is good. This past week, I was in, uh, I was in, where was I? Thank you. I was, <laughs> I said Pennsylvania already this morning. I said West Virginia for months leading up to this thing. I was not in West Virginia. I was in Maryland. I, I was in Maryland. Um, and uh, for those of you that have your Bibles, James chapter 3, that's where we'll be. You can just kind of find your way there. Uh, uh, anyone ever heard of uh, Trinity Broadcasting Network? It's called TBN. Has anyone ever heard of that? Do I have to explain this to like half the people here? Okay, so Trinity Broadcasting Network is a, uh, it's a Christian channel. Um, it's a network TV. So, do you all know what it is, or you just weren't raising your hand because you didn't want to raise your hand? Uh, if I gotta, if I gotta, do I need to explain this? You all know? Okay, so what Trinity Broadcasting Network, what they're famous, what I know them for is a, an evangelist by the name of Benny Hinn. You know, y'all know Benny Hinn? Uh, if you don't know Benny Hinn, go to YouTube and just YouTube uh, uh, Benny Hinn and have fun with that. Um, he was, uh, he, he is uh, an evangelist that uh, preaches a lot on healing. Did I, am I reflecting him well? Okay. Uh, he preaches a lot on healing and uh, he'll like slay people in the spirit, sometimes like with his coat. So he'll be preaching and he'll take his coat off. And he'll just hit people, and I, I don't, and they'll fall down. Um, this is on Trinity Broadcasting Network, this is TBN. So Monday night, I'm preaching in uh, Maryland, um, and uh, I, you know, I'm giving it all I got, okay? So I'm walking up and down this aisle, preaching and sweating, spitting on people, and, uh, <laughs> and I get done preaching, and a guy comes up to me. And he says, oh, you're special, young man. And I said, <laughs> I don't know how to take that. <laughs> I've been told that my whole life. <laughs> I even got to go to special classes. Um, and says, you're, you're, I'm just kidding. Says, you're, you're special, young man. We're going to see you someday. I said, is that right? He's like, Yes. We're going to see you on TBN someday. <laughs> I honestly didn't know if that was a good thing or not. Like, did I, should, I was wearing a suit coat that night. I should have just taken it off and hit him with it. <laughs> yes, you will. Poof. The next night, Tuesday night, Tuesday night, 
uh, it's a small church, like 20 people, and uh, we were singing out the hymnal pretty much exclusively all week. It was wonderful. Uh, and uh, one of the songs that the pianist was playing during the offertory on Tuesday night was Victory in Jesus. Uh, no one was singing it, though, and the church I grew up in, I mean, we sing Victory in Jesus. I feel like we sing it every week, and ah, you sing it, you know, like you gave it everything. And so uh, I'm on the front row singing, uh, which if you've never been blessed to hear me singing, um, you're lucky. And so I'm, I'm singing it, and I just get, I do that thing where I like, you know, sing it again, you know, so I, I get up and I say, hey, don't leave the piano. Then I point to the song leader whose name was Tom. I said, Tom, why don't you come up here and let's just sing victory. Let's just sing it. And so we found it in the hymnal. We start, and I sat down. We start singing it. And Tom gets carried away in the spirit and says, uh, not says, we're singing the song like it's happening. We're singing. And he points at me. There's only 20 people in the sanctuary, so it's pretty obvious, right? He points to me and does one of these, okay? And I can't say no, I'm like the evangelist for the week, you know, like I can't, that would look horrible. Um, and so, so I come up, and as I'm coming up, he's handing me the hymnal as he's sitting down. The song is still going on. And so, and so he sits down, and then he's like, lead us, Jake, lead us. And all the people are singing, looking at me, and I have to finish the song, which there's a video of this, we've got to find it. Honest to goodness, true story, one, I cannot sing. Like, I, I'm, I'm tone deaf. I, I, cannot, I cannot sing, okay? Not that I'm just being shy. No, I literally, do you want to hear me sing Victory in Jesus right now? You don't. Victory in Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's who's leading, okay? I cannot sing. And so I close my eyes, and I direct the church. <laughs> it was awesome, <laughs> No one told me they would be seeing me on TV and after that night. That was, there was no more compliments after that night or what they thought were compliments. It was, okay, <laughs> that, that was all extra. Jeez, that happened this past week. I'm still coming, still coming down from all that. Uh, it's exciting. James chapter 3, we'll start with verse, um, verse 13. Uh, if you are wise... And understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. Now, some people will say that the book of James is about doing. That yes, this is the, this is the book that counteracts Martin Luther's theology, you know, or that counteracts Paul's work on righteousness through faith. That James tells us we've got to do something. Well, you will find a lot of advice in James on performing the faith. In fact, this morning, we're talking about living truthfully. And one of the ways that we live truthfully is through our actions. How does our actions tell people that we've been formed in the faith? But James is not a book about works. That's just a byproduct. Like eating healthy, you'll probably lose some weight. Even if you're not trying to lose weight, you eat healthy, you're probably going to drop, drop a little bit of weight. The byproduct of wisdom is that you're going to live different. You're going to think different. You're going to speak different. And so, yes, James deals with works, but the subject of the book is not works. The subject of the book is wisdom. 
this book is one of the few wisdom, some scholars believe, the only pure wisdom literature of the New Testament. This is, there's parts of wisdom in other books, 1 Corinthians, you get a few chapters of wisdom literature in 1 Corinthians, but some believe James, the whole of it, the whole epistle is a work in the genre of wisdom literature. And so here it is. James' point here is about living wisely, doing good, works with the humility that comes from wisdom. Here is his point, wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous, picking up in verse 14, and there's selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying, for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. So now he's going to describe what the very thing is he's writing about. It is also peace-loving. It's gentle at all times. It is willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Into chapter 4, what is causing quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want God, you don't ask God for it. And even when you do ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what gives you pleasure. Now we're going to go down to verse 7. Okay? So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Now, we're all being, this is the word of the Lord. Now, we're all being shaped in something. <laughs> we're all being formed in something in some manner. My daughter is really into princesses. Anybody else's kids or themselves really into princesses? Courtney's, that was an emphatic, almost annoying raise of the hands right there, like, oh, dear God, let it be over. Yeah, so the other day, uh, Mamma and Papa, my mom and dad, sent uh, a package to Hadley, and it had a whole bunch of uh, uh, princess stuff in it, and uh, I came home, and she got into the package and put on a dress and uh, was playing in her bed, which is now a tent, a tent that is covered with princesses, and so she's in her princess tent with her princess dress, and I walk in, and I had been traveling, and I come home, and I said, Hadley, and she goes, no, <laughs> it was a great greeting, thank you, sweetheart. No, my name is not Hadley. And I said, oh, 
And I had to look in the tent and see what dress she was wearing. And it was a yellow dress. Anybody? Anybody? Belle. Belle, yes. And I go, oh, I am so sorry, Belle. And then she goes, yes. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good thing or not. I'm not really sure if I'm all that comfortable that Disney is forming my daughter more than idol other things. Um, but you know what? Whatever. Maybe I've lost that battle. Disney, that not not is forming her. Disney has formed her. Uh, she is Belle whenever she puts the yellow dress on. Uh, apparently, when I wear a suit coat and uh, spit and yell and scream, um, I, I look like and being formed like Benny Hinn. Apparently, that's, yeah, we're all being formed in something, right? We're all being shaped in something. Uh, uh, KP and, and uh, uh, Rochelle, you just went to Pittsburgh. Um, you went to Stiller's game. Uh, yes, it was awesome. Who'd you guys play? <laughs> oh, actually, that's all I wanted to say. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, but while you were there, I bet you saw a lot of fanatic fans. And I don't know, I mean, KB, were you one? Did you go with your shirt off painted in black or something? No, not so much. Uh, you probably saw some fanatic fans if you're headed out to Arrowhead Stadium here. In a few minutes, you will see some fanatic fans. We're all being shaped. We're all being formed in something. I, uh, and, and it reflects in us, like Hadley saying, hey, I'm not Hadley anymore. I'm, I'm Belle. Um, just one more analogy because it's, 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 it's happening right now. It's unfolding beneath your eyes right now. I'm actually trying to become a woodworker. <laughs> I'm collecting all these different tools and things to do handmade tools, and I'm finding that my language is changing. Like, I'm understanding things. Like, when someone would go to a lumber yard and ask for a four-quarters piece of rough cherry, I think I know, I think I know what that might mean now. Um, which I didn't know a week ago, but now I know, and I know there's a different hand plane. A hand plane is what will shape a wood into certain molds or make certain cuts, and uh, yeah, now I know those things. I'm slowly but surely seeing that my whole vocabulary, uh, even my hands, they've got cuts on them and stuff uh, because I don't know what I'm doing, um, that uh, everything is being shaped and formed in James I think what is really interesting here, and I don't know if you caught it when I took my dear sweet time reading the scripture, <laughs> but uh, if you caught it, there's four instances where James is talking about things above and things below. And I think this is a, a really interesting, because I'm such a visual person, there's such an interesting like picture to think about. First he says that wisdom, sorry, first he says that there are things happening in that community that are not godly wisdom, but they're things of what? They're things of the earth, which in biblical language, when there's so much talk about heavens and the glory of heavens and things above and then things below, earth represents that which is below, yeah, that which is down. So at first he's admonishing his community saying, hey, listen, man. Those things that have gripped your heart, now listen, those are not godly wisdom, but that is wisdom below. And that's in the 15th verse of chapter 3. And then he counteracts that in the 17th verse by saying what? The wisdom from above <laughs> is, and then he describes what really sounds a lot like 
the fruits of the Spirit. The wisdom that comes from above, wow, it's like a peacemaker, and it's gentle, and it's kind. Now, later on in verse, not verse 4, in chapter 4, in verse 3, he's really getting on these people. And even when you ask, ask of God of whatever you might need or want, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. Ouch. You only ask for what gives you pleasure. We have too many examples of that, I think, in our culture. We live in a culture that's abundant with pleasure that lives off uh, the marketing campaigns of you get what you want whenever you want it. And so, man, this is a poignant word as I'm reading this. I even had a pause. I was doing my notes on the plane, and I had a pause, and I wrote this whole page of notes based off how, like, I go from pleasure to pleasure in every aspect of my life. I, I don't know if you would say that of you. But, like, I can't study without a cup of coffee because it make, I like it. And, and, then, and then sometimes I take a really long time studying because it's, the coffee doesn't taste good. So I've got to go to another coffee shop, and then I've got to listen to the right music. I've got to get the right spot. How many of us spend, like, minutes trying to find the right Spotify channel before we can even study? Now, there's nothing wrong with coffee. There's nothing wrong with Spotify. I just began to realize, man, I go my whole day. Like, I get home, and, and I don't like being bored. Because I want to be entertained. And so I surf the channels, right? Or I pick up woodworking. <laughs> because I just want something to do. Like I can't just sit. And maybe that's ADD. Or maybe that's a product of being shaped in a culture that says I ought to be entertained and like everything that happens every moment of the day. And so I end up giving my heart and all my time to trying to be entertained. Well, this word in the third verse of chapter 4 means to have dominion over. Uh-oh. So, wisdom comes from above, not from below. Even when you ask for things, our motives can be all wrong because you can be under the dominion of something. There could be something else at work in our lives, forming and shaping us, telling us what we need to look like and who we need to be, what we need to talk like, and where we need to go. When our hearts live off-center, we can be under the dominion of earth's powers which wisdom does not come from the earth. Wisdom comes from above. And so in the seventh verse, James writes to his community, so humble yourselves before God. Maybe you have a different word in your translation there on the seventh verse. The connotation here. Is to come under God. Not to let something have dominion over you, but for you to come under, over. Wisdom is over us, not below us. We are not to live with dominion over us, 
but underneath the covering of God's provision for us. So where does wisdom come from? Does it bubble out of the earth coming to us in all these different manners, telling us how to live and how to act and how to talk and where to go? And even, I mentioned this in Maryland, and Western Maryland is a lot different than Eastern Maryland, and I'm surprised I didn't get stoned. But it's a, there'll be even people to tell us how to vote. If we wanted to, we could live by the wisdom of this earth every day. Does someone tell me what to stand for, what statement to make, what restaurant to eat at, what restaurant not to eat at. (laughs) But I find James' message here in his letter so poignant because not only, not only is he telling us where the source of wisdom comes from, it does not come from this earth. Okay? Just hold on to that point. But his very language of weaving above and below, below and above, takes the shape of his contemporary and his colleague, Apostle Paul's letter to the Philippians. It says that Jesus, though... He was equal with God, could not grasp equality, and so he forsook his very identity of being equal with God to do what? So he took the shape and form of obedience, even obedience to the point of human death. The Heavenly Father goes from above Below, right? What do you think is happening here, right? The fancy seminary word would be recapitulation. But all of God is coming down into the earth that is being shaped and formed into all different types of things. All different types of narratives that don't speak the truth of whom God is. Even folks that might even try to use the name of God might not be living in the ways of God, and so they are bearing false witness, not living truthfully. And so what does God do? Does God forsake the world? No, God. But wisdom does not come from here, so where does wisdom come from? And how does wisdom get to us? And how do we make wise decisions? And how are we formed in wisdom? Well, it takes on flesh in the manner of a baby. I know we're not there yet, but we're close enough. Christmas, I'm talking about Advent. Emmanuel, God with us. God incarnate, taking on flesh, coming down below, and not just anywhere, but all the way below, down to the very cruddiness of humanity, down to the very lowest of the low. And to go one step further than that, all the way into hell. And then back up from above to below, from below to above. Demonstrating and showing us what wisdom is. So what is wisdom? 
Wisdom is not an idea in which we can think or an idea in which I can teach and you can learn. Wisdom, like the Proverbs show us, is a person. (laughs) Wisdom is a person that wears flesh. Wisdom is a human (laughs) and God. Wisdom is Jesus. This is wisdom. Who walks in perfect peace, perfect mercy. Wisdom is God turning towards us. Pure gift and pure grace showing us his desires for the ways in which we're formed. So wisdom is formed in us in similar manners and in similar ways to dating. They say after you're married for a while, you begin to look like your spouse. We should do this game. Which one of you looks like each other? There's so much in this world. Hey, I'm back. There's so much wisdom that's espousing from this earth telling us how to think, how to be, where to go, what to do. James is really clear that that wisdom leads to nowhere but destruction. Church, be careful what you feast on. Church, careful what you desire. Pay attention to your heart. What is it tuned into? Where do you spend all your time? What are you becoming? Is it from above or is it from below? Of course, the good news is God has made a way for us to be shaped into the very peacefulness of Christ, to be people with stable tongues, as we learned last week, to be people with righteous actions. Will will faith form the way you live in your community? Absolutely. Will faith shape the way that you engage, engage with politics? It better, otherwise it's a dead faith. But that wisdom will not be acquired by reading Facebook and finding out which opinion is the most popular. Amen. How many of you go to how many of you go to the Facebook and change your mind? Wisdom is acquired by dating Jesus. I know that's a teenage thing to say, but listen, I'm just a youth pastor at heart. Think about it. When was the last time you went on a date with the Lord and you gave the Lord as much time as you give the other things that are forming your life? I'm in the same category as you, okay? So I'm not up here to judge. I can't judge. I know a lot about Indiana basketball, okay? I know a ton about wood planes, (laughs) a lot. 
things aren't bad. Those things aren't bad. But after a while, if my heart drifts so far away from time with the Lord, I might forget what wisdom is like. I might cry out for it. But in reality, am I really desiring it? Or am I desiring the pleasures of my own life, the entertainment of my own eyes? Church, be careful. Wisdom comes from only one place. And it's not an idea in which we can acquire. It's a relationship in which shapes you. It's a lifestyle of worship, right? It's a lifestyle of prayer. It's spending time with your spouse about the things that matter. It's spending time with your best friends and your significant others in conversation and enjoying life about things that are real, not just wasting away our time, you know? I'm not trying to paint a picture that the only, only way to live a wise life is to lock yourself in a closet and never come out. No, 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 no. I think spending time here with one another right here is a wise decision. You're being shaped in the ways of Christ. Yesterday at work day, we worked together. There's a lot of other people that are working in our city, but Donna, yesterday I noticed that the language was different. I bet the crews that work for you, I bet they don't talk like the crews that worked with you yesterday. I bet it's just a little bit different. Not that you guys are bad or anything, but I just bet the language is different. Why is the language different? Something has shaped us. So when we work together, we're being shaped even furthermore. So I'm not saying that the only way to spend, a, to spend a wise life is to lock yourself away as an individual and just grow only by yourself into the Word. Now, that's a part of it is that as spiritual discipline of reading the Scripture. I think God reveals ways for us to spend time with His Son in a myriad of factors. Church, be careful to spend time with Christ. Father, thank you for this word. Lord, thank you for this church. These are such beautiful people. God, I'm being formed in the likeness of you every time I get to be around them. God, I pray that you reveal ways in which you're breaking into this world from above but now below (laughs) and from below us to above. Father, you're weaving all of this together so that your earth looks like your heaven. Father, may we live and participate In the wisdom of your Son, who is perfect peace, perfect in nature, perfect in action. Father, may our very behavior be shaped in the likeness of your Son. We pray this with hopeful hearts in your name. Amen. So I wanted to.